steal, and Puss with the chain. And St. John's takes down number three, Villanova. A signature win for Mike Anderson. Welcome to the Seeing Red Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Seeing Red Podcast. My name is Troy Moriello, and I am your host, bringing you up to date and up to speed on all things St. John's basketball. And in what's been a mostly disappointing season for the past three-plus months, St. John's finally puts it all together. They finally play a full 40 minutes, and perhaps most importantly, they finally close a game out against a good quality opponent as they win on the road 86-73 over the Xavier Musketeers tonight. St. John's improves to 14-11 and 6-8 in the conference. They move up to 8th place in the conference with the win. And I guess for now, they keep their very, very slim uh, NCAA tournament at-large hopes alive with what I believe is it has to be a quad one win, uh, their second of the season, and probably, all things considered, their most impressive performance uh, of the season. Obviously, the Seton Hall game was was a fantastic win for this team in a tough environment, but that game, you know, they really just punched Seton Hall in the mouth, and Seton Hall uh, never got up off the mat, right? Seton Hall really never responded. That game was never really close for a large majority of the second half. This game was... You know, this game was a three-point game uh, with about six minutes to go. St. John's closes the game uh, on, a, I believe, a 21-10 to, to 10 run, I want to say. They uh, they really closed the game out well. Like I said, for the first time this season against a solid opponent like Xavier, who is going to be an NCAA tournament team against a top 25, top 30 opponent, uh, they closed the game out. You know, this game was 65-62 with six minutes to go. St. John's, like I said, closes it out uh, on a 21-11 run for the win and an impressive win. You know, I've been down on this team. Obviously, I'm sure that you have as well. If you're listening to this, uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you know that I've been down on the really the job that Anderson's done all year on the performances of some of the players all year. Sure. But I'll give credit where credit is due. Uh, that was a really impressive road win, like I said. And that was a really impressive way to close a game out uh, against, again, again, a team that is really, really solid this season. So all things considered, really the most impressive win of the season for St. John's uh, as they get to 6-8 and eight in the conference now. Uh, I'm not going to talk about you know the, the NCAA tournament hopes. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to overreact to one win. As I tweeted out, if you follow me uh, on Twitter, you know, does this win change my outlook on this season? No. But again, I'll give credit where it's due. You know, this doesn't change my outlook on what's been a horribly, horribly disappointing season for St. John's. Uh, I'm not even really going to ask the question, you know, is this, you know, an anomaly or is this the start of something we're going to put together a couple of wins? Because I probably know the answer to that. You know, the last real impressive win that we saw this team put together was on the road against Seton Hall a couple of weeks ago. And in that game, I said, is this the start of something? Is this the start of a run here? Or is this just going to kind of be an anomaly in a season of disappointment? And obviously it was the anomaly in a season of disappointment. I'm not even going to ask that question here. You know, and if you're listening to this show and you want to you want to believe that they can go on this magical run now and, and win their next, I guess, five games and get into NCAA tournament, uh, into the NCAA tournament conversation, feel free. Uh, I'm not going to do that just yet. 
You know, I'm going to need to see a couple more wins in a row now before I start believing. I'm going to need to see a couple more quality performances now in a row before I start believing. I'm going to need to see them close out a couple more games in a row now against some quality opponents before I start believing. If you want to believe, credit to you. You know, you're stronger than I. I guess you're a better fan than I am. Uh, But I need to see this a couple more times. So I'm not even going to ask the question, you know, is this the start of a run here? Or is this just a nice individual game, individual performance? I'm not even going to ask that question because I probably know the answer to that. You know, but uh, but I mean, looking forward now, of course, are you going to be able to build off of this? You know, the answer is, is most likely no, of course, as, as we've seen basically all season long. But the inconsistency is what drives us crazy, what drives me crazy, what drives you crazy as well. You know, to see this team not be able to close out games and the way that they've looked at points this season, and then you see them turn into performance like this. And it makes you think, man, if they had just closed out a couple more of these games, if they had just played a little bit better down the stretch in a couple of these games, where would they be right now? And, you know, I, I understand that's not a great way to look at it. And, you know, you're only going to frustrate yourself looking at it that way. But, I mean, look at all these games in conference play that have been right there for the taking, you know. Both UConn games, that's two. The home game against Seton Hall, that's three. Uh, the Providence game at home, that's four. The Villanova game at home, that's five. Five games right there where it was a similar situation to this, right? A close game with five or six minutes left that you couldn't get the job done. Now, Villanova at home was a little bit different, of course. That was a, a blowout that you made cl- uh, close at the end there. But nonetheless, you know, five games that were close games that you couldn't get it, jo- get it done in the end. If you go even two and three in those games right now, that's that's two more wins and you're eight and six in the conference. And you're basically right where Xavier is. You're ahead of Xavier, actually. You know, if you would have been able to close out just two of those games. And that's what's frustrating for me. And that's what makes this stuff a little bit bittersweet for me. And I'm sure it makes it uh, feel you feel the same way as well. You know, if you could have just closed out a couple more of these games. If we could have seen a performance like this in the final five or six minutes a few more times this season. If we could have seen the execution a few more times this season. Man, where this season would be. But instead, we're kind of looking at it and we're saying, can we string together a couple wins now to get back, uh, or not not back, to get on the NCAA tournament radar? You know, they wouldn't be in this position where we're saying you basically got to run the table the rest of the way if they had closed out a couple of those games uh, in January and earlier this month. And that's the frustrating thing because we know they can do it. You know, this is this is still a team with 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 talent on it. You know, you've got the Biggies leading scorer from last year. You got the Biggies freshman of the year from last year. Aaron Wheeler is a really solid player. You have solid players on this team. You know, the question was not can they do it, it's will they do it. And for so many games before this, we saw them not be able to do it. To see it today is 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 encouraging for sure, but I think for me it's more frustrating because you know it's been there and it just hasn't been there enough all season long. It hasn't been there consistently all season long. That's the frustrating thing for me. 
is that you know that this team has the talent to close out a road game at Xavier, a place they hadn't won in seven years since D'Angelo Harrison and Phil Green and Sir Dominic Pointer in 2015. You know, this team has the talent to close a game out like this, and they did. But to see them do it, to know that if they, man, if they could have just done this a couple more times, even two more times this season, where this season would be. But again, I I will give credit for the performance against the Xavier team that is probably going to the NCAA tournament that's going to win 20-plus games. That's probably, you know, in that top 25, I know they're not ranked right now, but in that top 25, top 30, um, you know, arena. Uh, Give credit to St. John's. You know, that's that, like I said, that's probably the most impressive win of the season, all things considered. You know, considering that this was a, a really a closely played game throughout. Um, in terms of this actual game, I thought that the defense, you know, y- you can't discount what Posh Alexander uh, brings to this team. I don't think anyone was. But, you know, he only he had eight points, four assists, but he had a team high four steals. St. John's as a team had 12 steals. They only forced uh, 14 turnovers for Xavier. But, man, it just felt like there were so many more deflections. There were so many more turnovers. There was so much more in the fast break game for St. John's, which is, you know, the team that we had seen for the first two years under Mike Anderson. It felt like that uh, team came out a lot more in this game. You know, I know that they gave up 73 points, but it felt like the defensive intensity in this game was a lot more ramped up than we had seen it. You know, it felt like, like I said, deflections and turning the ball over and getting out in transition and getting easy baskets in transition. You know, a lot of breakaway dunks in this game for St. John's. A lot of breakaway layups in this game that they actually made in this game for St. John's. You know, it just it just it felt like we, we had kind of seen this game a lot in the first two years of the Anderson era, not so much with this group this year. You know, but 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 again, credit to these guys. Posh Alexander, I think, uh brought that to the table. You know, Posh had a couple of plays like that in this game as well. Uh, you know, he wasn't the MVP by any stretch of the uh, of the uh by any means, you know, from this game for St. John's. But I thought he had a really nice game and you you see the difference that he brings to them. You know, even in the half-court offense, but especially on the defensive end and getting those steals and getting out in transition, you see the difference that he brings. Uh, Julian Champagny, 27 points. You know, an impressive scoring performance, although maybe it wasn't the most efficient performance ever. He did shoot 9 of 19 from the field. Uh, went 2 of 7 from 3-point range. But... You know, I thought that he closed this game out well for them. Had a couple of uh, buckets down the stretch. Went 7-7 seven of seven from the line, which for him is impressive this season. St. John's as a team, 10-12 of 12 from the free throw line tonight. Again, doing the little things that you need to do to win games in the Big East, to win road games in the Big East. Hitting 83% of your free throws. You know, that's, that's, again, something that we know that they can do that they haven't been able to do all season long. Out rebounding Xavier, they made they had 24 assists on 34 made field goals. They're, they were doing those little things in this game that we haven't seen them do really all season long uh, in the Big East to get a win. But I thought Champagne was really solid tonight, uh, and I'll, I'll give him credit. And the announcers pointed this out as well. When he started the first half, I believe 0 of 4. He was 0 of 4 in the first like two or three minutes, and he didn't force it. You know, I feel like he did let the game come to him a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to say it was a quiet 27 points because it took him 19 shots, but I, I just I don't feel like he forced 
his game, you know, and he, he he was forced into a lot of shots in this game. I feel like he did a good job in the second half of letting the game come to him. Uh, Tariq Coburn had probably his game of the season with 13 points on 5 of 8 shooting and 3 of 3 from 3 point range. Was kind of the X factor for St. John's tonight. Guy who doesn't score a whole lot, who's been very, very inconsistent and very, very streaky uh, for the Red Storm this season, had probably his best game of the year. And without Coburn, they probably don't win this game. So, impressive performance from Coburn. Uh, Aaron Wheeler, 11 points and 7 rebounds. Montez Mathis had 10 points, had a couple of dunks, had that horrible technical foul, which I don't think that was a technical foul. You, you can't do that anyways. You know, you can't hang on the rim anyways. I thought that was a bad call, but what are you going to do? And uh, and uh, Dylan Adewusu was probably their worst player on the floor tonight uh, with three turnovers, two points, one of five shooting. Made a lot of, you know, head-scratching decisions uh, for St. John's, um, you know, and and... I don't understand why Anderson stuck with him for so long, but give credit to Anderson for, you know, really sticking with the guys who are playing well in this game, sticking with Coburn and sticking with Wheeler and, you know, giving Soriano a shot and, you know, not really going as much to Nyway and to Stanley, who I don't even know if Stanley played very much in this game. You know, give credit to Anderson for the rotations in this game. Uh, there's, you know, a lot to criticize this guy about, but I actually did think that Anderson had a pretty decent game tonight coaching. But, you know, we'll see where it goes from here. Uh, St. John's, like I said, they basically have to run the table now. The The problem is, you know, none of these games coming up really look all that intimidating. Home against Butler, home against Creighton, on the road against DePaul, and then home against against Xavier. Uh, that's four games that are winnable. You know, and I'm not like I said, I'm not going to get too far ahead of myself. I'm not going to tell myself uh, that they're going to make this run all of a sudden, but it is there for the taking. You know, there's a Butler team that you just beat a couple of weeks ago. It's a Creighton team that obviously beat you up pretty bad the first time that you played them, but now you get them at home. Can you change that result? It's a DePaul team that you beat uh, at the start of the Big East play about a month and a half ago. It's an Xavier team that you just beat tonight. It's four games that are, are winnable. Are they going to win all four of them? Probably not. You know, is it is it frustrating that they're in this position where they need to win all four of these games? Yes. But nonetheless, again, that doesn't take away from tonight's performance. It was a nice performance for sure, but it does not change my outlook uh, on the season so far for the Red Storm. But those are my thoughts. Going to bring on now CT. I'm going to have him on for, what, the third or fourth time this season. Going to get his thoughts on the Red Storm's uh, 86-73 win over Xavier. And I'll be back on the other end to wrap this show up. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, I'm now joined by my guy CT. Coming on for, what, the third or fourth time this season to break down the Red Storm's 86-73 win over Xavier tonight. CT, how you doing, man? Hey, Troy. Thanks for having me on. Um... It was good coming on talking talking St. John's. Absolutely, and it's always better talking after a win, uh, especially after a road win in a game like that. When St. John's is able to to close it out and to you know for the first time this season against a really solid opponent to actually close out a game, especially on the road. Uh, for you, you know what was? Uh, I'll start this for you know this, this way first. What was the reason for the win? You know what what did you see differently from St. John's that we haven't seen uh, in the in the you know for a majority of Big East play that we saw tonight. Uh, to be honest with you, I just saw a game plan tonight. Um, I saw a really like clear, decisive view of what they were going to do. Um, they really got Champagny involved early on. I think that kind of set the tone for the rest of the game. 
they made a really an emphasis to get him the ball in the spots, you know, off of uh, screens, um, you know, three-point line, you know, him posting up a little bit. I think that's really the key. Mm-hmm. Where if we've, we've kind of seen these recent losses where they haven't really established him as, as the guy lately in the beginning, and I feel like that's kind of been, you know, leaving the door open for teams to really come back and, and win the game. But, um, you know, it just starts with him every game. If they can really establish him and, you know, him, you know, setting the tone as a scorer, I think that they could – you know, be in, be in games moving forward here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's a good point about uh, getting Champagny going early. You know, it seems like we've had a couple of games this season where, you know, we've looked up and there's a minute left in the first half and he's got four points or something like that. Uh, it does right. feel like the game plan early was to get him the ball, to get him his shots. I think he went five of nine in the first half, had like 14 points. Um, you know, how big was that for him? Because it, it does feel like, to me, he's the type of guy that, you know, after he sees the ball go in the net a couple of times, he can kind of get going. But if he gets off to a slow start, it might be kind of, you know, a, a tough game for him. Definitely. You know, I think, you know, just us talking and, you know, I've been tweeting on the timeline. I just think that, it's an all-around effort, really. I think he's kind of, um, I would say, kind of been a, not aloof, but just kind of been floating out there a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I've really seen the team try to really establish him as the guy, which is pretty surprising to say mm-hmm. this late in the season. But um, I think that's kind of, you know, some of it's on him, but also on the coaching staff as well. But in this game, you know, in particular, I just thought they really established him um, as the guy. And he wasn't really just settling for jump shots. But he was, you know, he was 7-7 seven of seven from the line tonight. Mm-hmm. That's a welcome sight to see. Um, you know, he's posting up, getting inside a little bit. Um, and I also thought, you know, the guards did a good job of getting him the ball, which has kind of been a problem, you know, in the past. Yeah. But, um, like I said, just when he's, when he's, you know, really got it going early on, I feel like that sets the tone for the rest of the game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I do feel like, you know, on the offensive end, especially in the half court, uh, 24 assists on 34 made field goals. Feels like we haven't seen that very much. We saw that at the start of the year that the ball was moving really, really well. Uh, didn't see that, you know, or we did see that tonight, I should say. We saw the ball moving. We saw, you know, them look a little bit more comfortable in the half court. It felt like, you know, it felt like there weren't as many, you know, empty possessions as just ended with a long three point try in this game. Uh, would you agree that, you know, that it felt like the ball was moving a lot better on offense tonight? Definitely. No, I think even the half-court offense was just much better than what it's been in the past couple of games. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the ball was moving very well. You know, usually in transition is where they really you know mm-hmm. make their mark scoring. But mm-hmm. tonight, you know, they like I said, just Sam Penny getting the ball, establishing passive threat was big because I felt like that would kind of open up the offense for you know three Coburn to score however many points he did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so Oriano established himself inside a little bit. Um, Wheeler, you know, he was kind of quiet tonight, but he had 11 points, which yeah. I thought was pretty good for him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think that's that's really the key is just establishing Julian, you know, first as the guy where it kind of brings, you know, more attention to him that opens up the offense for everybody else. So I just thought, you know, I just thought the plan tonight was very good. You know, they attacked Fremantle, which I think that was pretty good of them mm-hmm. to do, mm-hmm. um, you know, as well. So I just think, like, the plan was just very good tonight, you know, mm-hmm. all around. So it was a good good overall, you know, road win and, uh, you know, quad one game. Mm-hmm. And, and on, on the defensive end, I don't know if this was, you know, the game plan, a part of the game plan, or if, you know, this was maybe just better execution. But I, I said in, in the open that I just filmed, it, it felt like, you know, more of what we've seen from Anderson's first two seasons on the defensive end with a lot more deflections, you know, not a ton of turnovers. Xavier on here, I see only had 14 points, of, uh, uh, 14 turnovers, I should say. But it felt like St. John's was getting turnovers, getting out in transition, getting easy transition baskets a lot more than we've seen them do uh, early, at earlier points in this season yep you know i think definitely that was definitely the key mm-hmm. um i definitely agree with that point too was looking at looking at you know the past two teams as well um 
I just feel like the the defensive activity was much better, not just in transition, you know, matching up. Mm-hmm. Um, I really feel like you know the guys weren't really mismatched tonight. Everybody had a man. Um, you know, they were getting consecutive stops as well, and mm-hmm. also getting rebounds, which was a problem for them in the past couple of games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they stopped Paul Scruggs, who's been you know a really good player for them. Fremantle as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really feel like they had any. You know, like not one player on Xavier really stood out to me as like. You know, they were cooking St. John's. So, yeah. overall, I just thought the game plan was very good. And I, I have to give credit to Anderson. I really thought his rotations tonight were, were really good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been I've been really critical of them this year. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in particular tonight, I just thought all around he had a really good coaching night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's get into a little bit more of those those rotations because I, I wanted to we've, – we've talked on this in the past. Uh, what would you like about the rotations? You know, it did seem like he kind of played, what, Coburn a lot more. I don't have the minutes here, but, you know, Smith didn't play as much. Nyway didn't play a ton. Uh, I don't know if Stanley really played much at all. Um, you know, the, the rotations, what would you like about them tonight? Yeah, I just thought, you know, you know, been kind of talking about this as well. Just I feel like the rotations were just more – precise mm-hmm. they're more on point you know kind of um you know, i feel like the the rotation the past couple of weeks have just been you know throw this guy out there yeah. and see what he does mm-hmm. and tonight it was you know let's get you know let's get julian out there with wheeler in the front court a little more let's get um wheeler and soriano um i also think he he cut the rotation down in the second half which is yeah something that i've been kind of you know pining for in the past mm-hmm. where he didn't play smith he didn't play stanley which i thought was very telling and i also thought it was ultimately a really good decision um i just think playing that many guys just at this point is just you know you can't really get a rhythm and tonight yeah. i think st john's had a rhythm you know they had a rhythm on offense they were scoring you know consecutively defensively they were getting a ton of stops as well um i like coburn playing a little bit more of the small ball four they yeah. really couldn't stop him shooting the ball um champagne i thought had more space to operate as well so i just think that it's really tough playing with three bigs in general you know Nyway, mm-hmm. soriano and stanley i just think that's an impossible thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and Smith as well, you know, he's kind of struggled this year as well, just defensively. And he's really shot the ball well. So I think at this point of the year, like going to, however, was an eight man rotation. I think that's ultimately if he continues, you know, that way, I think maybe they could, you know, go on a win streak here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I do think that going small really uh, helped them a lot in this game and helped create a couple of, of mismatch. I want to talk about one of the bigs though. Uh, Soriano, he was like you said, really the only big that got a ton of minutes tonight. Uh, or you know, Soriano Wheeler, really. But what did you think of the job that Joel Soriano did uh, on on offense and then on the defensive end as well? Yeah, I thought Soriano was you know your serviceable tonight. I think that's that's literally all they need. From yes, uh-huh. being a serviceable big, um, not doing too much on offense, but you know if you need a basket, you throw it to him and he can go to work a little bit. And I think that's you know that's something that they need when the offense kind of stalls out. Um, defensively, I thought he was very good tonight. You know, really uh, good in the pick and roll. They tried putting him in pick and rolls a little bit. Yeah. I thought he was very good guarding them. And also, too, just need him to rebound. And he was, you know, he was a factor on the paint. He was blocking shots. Um, I thought he didn't let Fremantle get where he wanted. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, that's, that's all you need from Soriano. And then I think you combine with that with Wheeler, who's also, you know, a really, really good defender on the perimeter and on the interior. I just thought it was a really, really good matchup for them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Posh came back in this game, had eight points, three of eight uh, shooting, uh, 0 of one from three point range, had four assists and four steals. Didn't really, you know, have a, a crazy good statistical game, I wouldn't say. But as we were talking about before, I just I feel like you kind of see the difference, you know, when he's not on the court versus when he is, or when he's not available versus when he is. They look like a completely different team defensively. Now we've seen them have some poor games defensively with him on the court, uh, but tonight it's 
just felt like he made such a difference. You know, like we said, forcing those turnovers, uh, getting those deflections, getting out of transition. Felt like he was such a difference maker and stuff that maybe doesn't show up on the box score. Definitely, I definitely agree. Um, we really see that difference with, you know, Wusu being the lead guard where yeah. he's kind of a little more out of control. He's kind of not really... Um, you know, really as good a decision maker as Posh is for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, my Posh is out there is, you know, floor general, even though I think he struggled a little bit with turnovers this year, mm-hmm. you can just tell the offense is more, um, more cohesive, you know, getting Champagne the ball in a spot. So that was something that was really, I think that really helped tonight, you know, Posh getting Champagne the ball in a spot where he wanted, whereas the past couple games, it's kind of been a problem. Um, you know, I think Posh's defense on Struggs tonight was really, really good as well. Mm-hmm. Um, even though Struggs is a little bit bigger than him, I just thought he kind of bothered him. Uh, a little bit so um, going forward they're going to need Posh you know they're going to need him starting um, whether that's with Mathis in the backcourt or with Wusu so um, you know it's good to have him back for sure mm-hmm. definitely definitely uh, I want to touch on Wusu as well he was really the only guy in this game that, that played a lot for St. John's that I thought didn't have a good game at all uh, two mm-hmm. points one of five shooting five assists uh, again it just feels like it's the decision making for him it just feels like you know at some point he makes these head scratching decisions even in, in the final minute you know throwing that, that pass all the way down court that wasn't really necessary and, and that leads to a turnover uh, is it just the decision making or is it something else that you notice in his game that kind of holds him back sometimes I think it, I think it's a lot of reasons I think you know with Penzone out Anderson's kind of tasked him with handing the ball a little more mm-hmm. which I don't think that's his fault I just think that's just the product of the roster right now mm-hmm. they don't really have any other ball handlers other than Posh and Smith has been really uh, just to be honest he hasn't really been good this year yeah mm-hmm. um so I think that's why they really have Wusu kind of you know handling the ball, and I think he's done he's done good at you know at some points. So I've seen him make some some high level reads, but um, I feel like just now it's kind of new for him, and he's been you know hit or miss, but majority majority of the time it's been you know out of control. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, I feel like with Poshback now, he could just kind of go back more to his role as an you know an off ball player. Mm-hmm. You know, good. He's shooting the ball like thirty eight percent this year from three, so that's 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 pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Just has to be the decision making, and I, I like his defense. So I think he's been pretty active defensively. He plays a bit bigger than his size, but um, he's going to have to, you know, turn down the turnovers a little bit and uh, just play a little more in control going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, assuming Posh does re- return to the starting lineup soon, would you want you want Mathis out of the starting lineup, or you know, how how would you want to configure the starting lineup uh, for St. John's, or maybe what are some some combinations you'd like to see them play a little bit more? Yeah, I thought. I thought Mathis, you know, the past two games has been pretty good. Yeah. You know, even mm-hmm. tonight he missed two threes. Um, but credit to him, you know, he's found other ways on offense to score. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he's been in more control with that one game against Seton Hall. He really was, you know, that was the game where he just wasn't, he wasn't good. He, I think he went 0 for 11, I mm-hmm. think, before yeah. he got a shot mm-hmm. or something like that. So yeah. if he stays within his role, right, if he stays within his role and just, you know, focus on, you know, cutting and, you know, taking to the basket and then maybe shooting here or there. I think that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I were, you know, going forward, I would probably start Posh and Wusu in the backcourt, bring Mathis off the bench as like a defensive kind of player. Yeah. Um, I, I still wouldn't really have, you know, Julian and Wheeler and Soriano together, but I don't think it's a bad mm-hmm. kind of mix. Mm-hmm. I personally would just play Julian and, and Aaron Wheeler together, mm-hmm. um, which I think he did that a lot tonight. Yeah. But, you know, I think going forward, the front court rotation, I just think Nywee's not, he wasn't bad for a couple minutes, but if they really tone it down to Julian, Soriano, and Wheeler, I think those three in the front court, I think that's perfectly fine. Uh, you know, moving forward, I think Wheeler, you know, he plays bigger than his size. He's like 6'9", 6'10". Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I just think those three guys in the front court, I think that's more than enough to really, you know, battle battle in the paint. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, definitely. And, you know, it's it's a win tonight for sure. It's it's maybe a little bit, you know, bittersweet, a little bit almost frustrating because you can see what this team is is capable of. Uh, in your mind, though, do you know, do you think that we're going to see any sort of a run here? Do you think that we're going to string together a couple of wins? Or is this going to be more of, you know, more of the same with that inconsistent play that we've seen for most of the season? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they go on a run. Um, I, I do think they legitimately found something tonight. Um, okay. I think Anderson with the, ro- with the rotations and the combination of who he's playing with, I think he did find something. Um, but the problem is, it's, it's we're already too late. It's, yeah, it's so late. Yeah. We're, we're, we're so late in the year, and I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think that I don't know if that Marquette game is going to get um, put back on the schedule. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that would be that would be big. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, going forward, just looking at the schedule, Butler is really not a good team. Mm-hmm. They beat Xavier to Creighton. You know, it's a big game for them. You know, at the pole and then uh, versus Xavier again. Mm-hmm. So there's really not that many opportunities. But I mean, if they can string along, maybe like four wins and then go into the Big East tournament, maybe they could have a chance. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, all we can hope for moving forward is that they just keep playing like this and you know see where the chips fall. Yeah, and that, that's the frustrating thing. I said that in my in in my open is that they're in this position now where they basically have to have to run the table to to get you know back on that at large consideration where. You know, man, if they just closed out, you know, two of these games that were close, you know, in the last really month and a half, where they would be right now, you know, with with eight eight conference wins instead of six, it's just such a big difference. And you know, two more quality wins uh, than they have, it's just such a big difference. And it's frustrating to me to, to know that you know they're in this spot when they they I think that they have the talent to not be in this spot. I think that's the frustrating thing. Mm-hmm. No, for, I definitely agree. You know, if you even look at the past couple of games, you know, UConn three point game, yeah. Illinois over six point game. Providence four point game, so they've been right there. I just think the ex- the execution has been lacking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, we've been critical about the rotations and the combinations, but you know, at this point, it, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But they you know, they had their chances. They had their chances to win the games, and unfortunately, they came up short. But um, you know, hopefully, they could finish the year strong and go on a little run here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we will see. We're all we're all hoping. Hopefully, that that is uh, that is what happens. You know, I I would love to see them get back on the tournament picture, but we don't know if that's actually going to happen. But CT, thank you for coming on, man. Thank you for breaking down the win. Always love having you on. Uh, we will definitely talk to you at some point. Uh, you know, before this season comes to an end. I appreciate it, Troy. Thanks for me on. Always always a great time talking. All right, I'll talk soon, man. All right, that was my man CT. Always appreciate having CT to come on to talk uh, St. John's basketball. You can follow him on Twitter at ctfazio24. Uh, check out his tweets about St. John's, about the Denver Nuggets, about basketball as a whole. Uh, he's a really, really smart basketball mind. Always like having him on to uh, to break down these games. So thank you once again to CT. Yeah, to wrap this show up again, impressive win. Nice job closing the game out for St. John's. Again, it doesn't necessarily close out or doesn't necessarily uh, change my opinion of this season. Doesn't necessarily make me think that we're going to go on this magical run now to win six in a row and to to uh, you know enter the at-large conversation in the NCAA tournament. But it's a start, you know, and and it's it's encouraging to see that they were able to 
close out a game on the road against a quality opponent like Xavier now, I think Xavier's a little bit overrated, if we're being honest. That did not look like a top 25 team or anything near it tonight, but that's a whole nother discussion. Uh, yeah, and you, again, you have opportunities in front of you now. You know, you look at the schedule coming up, Butler on Friday night in a winnable game, a team that you already beat this season, that's a winnable game. You know, Creighton at home, again, Creighton beat you up pretty good the first time that you played, but that's a home game. DePaul on the road. DePaul's not a very good team. It's a, you know, DePaul has been kind of frisky this season, but at the end of the day, they got, what, three wins in the conference? So, you know, the, these next couple of games, and then Xavier at home, you know, these next four games, you're going to go into all four, I would think, you know, feeling like you have a good shot to win. But have they done anything all season long to make me think that they're going to win all four of these games to put together a five game winning streak and to be what 10 and eight in the conference uh, going into the the final uh, conference game of the season against Marquette on the road have they done anything this season to make me think that they're going to be able to do that no so you know I'm, I'm kind of in a believe it when I see it type type mode which is where I've been you know kind of since really you know conference play started essentially. And unfortunately, I've kind of been right as we've gone along to be a little bit more skeptical and to take everything with a grain of salt, you know, because they've really followed up every, you know, solid stretch of play now or solid game with a couple of clunkers. Look at the Seton Hall game uh, on the road. Look at how they followed up the two straight wins against Butler, against uh, Georgetown and Butler. They haven't really been able to string together wins. They haven't really been able to build off success. They got another chance to here and it's pretty much their final chance. Got to pretty much run the table. So we'll see if they're able to do it. But, you know, for now, the uh, the fire the coach talk and all that talk uh, gets put on hold for at least 48 hours until they take on Butler uh, on Friday night at 5 o'clock at Carnesec Arena. I'm thinking about going to that game, actually. So I'll, I'll see. I might be able to go to that game. Either way, I'm going to be going to one of these Carnesec games coming up. But uh, we'll see about that. Uh, I will maybe do a, a I actually will almost certainly do a, a post game thing on that. I'm, I'll probably do a live stream after that one. So be on the lookout for that. Thank you all for listening to this. Thank you to CT for coming on there. And I will be back next week for sure on this podcast with a recap of the Red Storm's game against Creighton. Uh, but until then, let's go Johnny's.